0: You're almost up, Swindon fans, but you're not there yet. And it goes! Oh, it's got in! Bridger left footed, water volley. It's the stuff
1: of champions. It's the stuff of dreams. And donate. Races it on goal and
0: Murray could be in, mistake from Tompkins, what a goal from Glenn Murray, he's hardly had a touch,
1: on he'll go, McHale-Smith, into what he's done!
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Together, a Brighton & Hove Albion podcast, post-Christmas edition and the last one of the decade. Not that it's been uh, going on that long anyway, but we will be talking again in 2020 after today. Um, I hope you all had a fantastic Christmas. I hope you all had a fantastic holiday, whatever you celebrate, if it isn't Christmas. Um, And at the very least, if you don't celebrate anything at all, then I hope you had a great day off on Wednesday. Um, We have had a lot of games uh, coming in thick and fast. Uh, All the managers are moaning about it, as per usual, Jurgen Klopp. Pep Guardiola, blah, 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 blah. It's not fair. We're all sad. People are playing too many games. Um, But, you know, they're paid millions of pounds. Um, I think they can afford to get out and play three times in a week uh, just once or twice in a season. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think they need to calm down a little bit. And it certainly makes for more fun for us uh, with all the days off we have over Christmas. You know, I think it's uh, excellent entertainment for us to, you know, sit down and watch all the football. Um, so I was back home over the over the Christmas holiday. I had a great Christmas, chilled out with the family. Haven't seen any of my family in like two years. So it was really nice to go home and chill out with them. Um, so when I got in on Saturday, I we landed uh, at like 7 a.m., um, And I didn't go to bed until the following evening. So I basically stayed awake with like 35 hours of no sleep um, and watched the Sheffield United game during all that. So I'm incredibly happy that uh, Rithik, um, a listener, uh, not sure where he's based. Hopefully he can give me a buzz actually and let me know where he's based and I'll give him a shout out next time. Um, Rithik. Uh, actually sent me some thoughts, feelings, concerns uh, over the Sheffield United game. Um, And I'm incredibly glad he did, simply because I was in like a delirium by the time I was watching it, and it really wasn't that fantastic. So, I'm going to hand over to Rithik now, uh, let him go over what he felt uh, watching the game live, um, his thoughts, feelings, concerns, um, and then we will take a look at, obviously, the stats and the story behind the game, um, and then we will crack on uh, and move on to the rest of the games. Uh, So, here he is.
1: Hi, Josh. This is Rithik. Um, I just wanted to recap uh, the game against Sheffield United today. Um, just a, a really disappointing performance from the Albion. Um, you know, a total one eighty from from last week. Um, you know, against Palace, where I felt we should have walked away uh, from Selhurst Park uh, with all three points. I mean. You know, unfortunately, Zaha bailed them out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just we, we, we showed a complete lack of creativity and ambition um, going forward. Um, but, but first of all, just credit to Sheffield United. Um, they were by far the better team throughout the 90 minutes. They fully deserved the win. And um, I think they're going to comfortably stay up this season. They were defensively solid all game. And um, they've got some good attacking players as well, you know, players like McGoldrick, even though he, he somehow couldn't score today, um, McBurney, and uh, and, and Muse as well. But, um, just, it was just a bad day, a um, uh, bad day at the office from us. Um, the first half, we were woeful, I mean, we were absolutely terrible. We could barely string a few passes together, which is something that we've not really seen this season. Um, and uh, and yeah, the only good chance we created really was Moy shot on goal, which um, the keeper saved and then we scored the outside goal from that. I mean, that was really it. And the one um, recurring tactic that really frustrated me, and I think a lot of the fans at the ground, was... Um, our, our center backs, um Webster, just hoofing the ball up to Mope, expecting him to win, you know, those battles against, against the 39 center backs, you know, but he wasn't, you know, um, and we were just giving the ball away too cheaply, too many times. And so when, whenever we try to play direct, it wasn't working. Um. Then at halftime, um, Potter made some substitutions. He took off, Atrosard, which I thought was the right thing to do because he just couldn't get into the game, and uh, Gross, which I thought was a massive mistake, um, and I'll explain why in a moment. He brought on um, Connolly and Murray, and the reason why taking off Gross was was absurd in my opinion was because he took off one of our best crossers of the ball, and... Um, and when you bring on Murray, you need to, you need to give him service. You need to cross the ball to him because getting on, uh, on the end of crosses is how uh, he's been able to score goals all these years. And, um, and he, he, he couldn't do that because he wasn't getting the service and he was just completely ineffective and anonymous that second half. Um, but you know, that wasn't really his fault. Um, just overall, I felt that we we had you know a lot of possession, but we our players didn't take enough risks and 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 um, you know take shots uh, t- taking shots on goal and um and w- that final ball was lacking. You know, our, our playing the in the final third was 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 awful in my opinion, and um, we we deservedly lost. So. Um, but we just need to put this game behind us, look forward to the next three games, which are going to be three very difficult ones against Spurs, Bournemouth, and Chelsea. You know, I'm not expecting anything from the from the Spurs game. Um, you know, they've been revitalized uh, since Mourinho took over from Pochettino. You know, they're not the same Spurs side that lost 3-0 uh, against us in October. You know, even though they've been a little vulnerable defensively, they've scored a lot of goals since Mourinho came in. And then the Bournemouth game, you know, it's only going to be two days after the the Spurs game, and um, Potter's going to have to make a lot of changes since most of our players are going to be, you know, absolutely exhausted. And then uh, Chelsea on New Year's New Year's Day, and uh, we've not done well against uh, Chelsea since uh, we came into the league. So, so yeah, we just need to put this game behind us, look forward, and uh, up the obvious.
0: So, thank you again, Rithik, for the feedback. Uh, Some good stuff in there. Uh, I agree that they are... They're a team that... It seems that people just assume that, you know, Brighton will be able to beat Sheffield United because they only just came up last season. Um, But they're an incredibly good side this year. Um, As of the 21st, of course, when we played them, uh, they had... Uh, already gained more away points this season than they did in whole of their previous campaign in the top flight when they scored 11 away points in 2006-2007. You know, this team are a team that are performing better away from home than they are at home. Um, And they are just an absolute monster away from home. They're giving everybody an incredibly tough game. Um, This was the first ever top flight meeting between Albion and Sheffield United. Uh, First meeting of any kind, actually, since uh, we we got beat 3-1 by them um, in the championship in January 2006. I actually remember going to that game. Um, They uh, threw coins at us. We were on the bottom tier of their stadium and, and one of their ends. Um, they are on the top. Someone decided that would be a good idea. Um, and we got absolutely hammered with coins. Um, and we saw a couple of strange people picking them up, which was, I guess, nudes for another day. Um, but, you know, this this is a Sheffield United team that, are, that know exactly what they're doing. Uh, they are a team with a shoestring budget, you know, they they know what they're doing when they come to these grounds and they know how to operate and no team has been able to break them down yet. Uh, their 3-5-2 worked out excellently. Uh, of course, it was going to be McBurney um, Potter's old you know talisman striker for Swansea that would be the one that tore us apart and scored the goal. Um, but we looked we looked really poor all day. You know we looked at danger or in danger rather um, of being caught out on the break constantly. Um, you know, we had 69% possession, p- possession to their 31, which, you know, we didn't really do much with it. Uh, nine shots to their seven. Um, but, of course, one of theirs was off. They, they hit the woodwork. Um, we had two shots on target each. Uh, you know, they were they were the much better side pretty much all the way through the game. Uh, David McGoldrick. I believe he was ex-Ipswich. At some point, maybe. Um, but he he really came out firing. Um, I didn't even know he was playing a lot of games for Sheffield United. But he could have had more than one goal uh, on the 21st. And he actually didn't manage to get anything, which is kind of unfortunate for him. Um, you know, 64% pass pass success percentage uh, to our 82%. Um, they won 22 tackles to our 9 These these are kind of the key moments here. Um, You know, all the past success and all the possession in the world doesn't matter um, when you are getting the same amount of shots on target as Sheffield United, um, because you know they beat us in tackles. They made twenty two successful tackles to our nine. Um, You know that's just absolutely insane. Uh, Their tackle success percentage sixty nine percent to our fifty. They dispossessed us eleven times to their four. So when we did get in their box and we you know we had a bit of the ball, um, they took it off of us and they took. Took it off us pretty convincingly. Um, this was a team that, you know, like I said, have come out and they know exactly how to play away from home. They're incredibly good. Uh, I think they're actually one of the only teams in the league that are unbeaten away from home. Even now, after the recent games that we've just had going on, um, they are. Just a horrible team to have to turn up against, um, and they showed exactly why. You know, on the weekend they they outplayed us pretty much all the way through, and it wasn't it wasn't a game where we really looked like we were going to do anything. Um, yeah, there you go. They played nine, one, three, drawn six, um, and they're they're a team that have only conceded seven goals away from home all season. Only Liverpool have a better record than that with five. Um, they are, you know, a, a force to be reckoned with away from home, and they made sure that they were a team that basically had our number down pat um similar to the newcastle game actually i felt a lot of this was uh they had a lot we had a lot of the ball we had a lot of good passing we have a lot of good you know intent but almost all of it was either in our own half or you know not really doing a great deal um 294 of our 648 passes uh so almost 50 percent of our passes were in the middle third um You know, and only 59 of theirs, uh, they had 293 passes. Only 59 of them were in their own defensive third. They made sure that they won the ball in the middle of the park and they went straight forward uh, and caused us a great deal of problems. Um, They were a very good team and... You know the the best team won, and I think Rithic summed up a lot of it pretty well. Um, So we won't hang around too much on the big boy stats. Uh, Looking at the players, you know it was pretty much a bad day for everybody at the office. Adam Webster had an absolute nightmare. Uh, The one severe error that obviously led to the goal. Um, There wasn't a great deal else for him to talk about. Uh, The two centre halves had. Uh, more touches than anybody else of the ball um, to such an extent that you know it was outrageous. Lewis Dunk had 122 touches of the ball. Adam Webster 117. Dale Stevens 99, and the rest are in the 80s or below. Uh, this was a, this was a game where we we tried to play out from the back, and they just had our number. They they won the ball in the middle of the park and pushed straight back, and you know caused us all manner of problems. Um, Aaron Moy, you know, probably one of the few standout players. Uh, in the in the game, um, it, creatively, you know, of course, uh, two key passes, one shot, one shot on target, uh, 88 touches, fourth most in the in the game. Um, thought he caused a lot of problems uh, all all the way over Christmas, um, but this one obviously not his best, uh, but. Given how poor we were almost all the way through, it was better than nothing. Um, he actually committed eleven crosses into the ball into the box. Only one of them considered accurate. Um, so you know, for all of the uh, for all of the work he did put in, and for the fact that he did kind of stand out on the stats, he didn't have a great game either. Pascal Gross had an absolute nightmare. Came on at half time, uh, scored forty, played for forty five minutes. Of course, no key passes, which is unheard of. Pascal Gross uh, a pass accuracy of only 73% again something you would very rarely see uh, and only 26 touches of the ball Um, when Pascal Gross plays he is usually you know along with Moy one of the focal points of this team uh, and he couldn't even get a touch of the ball in that first half Um, he was subbed off for Glenn Murray and Aaron Connolly Uh, Aaron Connolly did pretty well actually two shots one shot on target uh, 80% pass accuracy 16 touches of the ball, but he was everywhere. Um, you know, it was some bold substitutions, as Rithik said, uh, half time to bring on two and push on, and then 10 minutes later do the same thing and bring on Besuma for Montoya. Uh, he had a lot to do, um, and you know Potter tried uh, to, you know, attack them in the way that he thought he could, but Sheffield United had our number, just like they've had almost everybody's number in this uh, in this league, and he uh, we got took apart by them. It was a deserved win. Um, And, you know, it was something that we we really couldn't afford to have happen, uh, but it did. So here we are. So that pretty much covers our Sheffield United segment um, because it was over a week ago now uh, and we've had a lot go on since. So moving on to our second game of the Christmas period, thick and fast, they came Uh, Tottenham Hotspur away from home myself uh, and a couple of other people in my family crowded around a small iPad to watch this one uh, just before all the food was served again and we pigged out. Um, and, you know, it was actually a pretty great first half, wasn't it? When you compare it to what we were looking at in that first um, that first game away at Sheffield United, which was, you know, I'm sure everyone can agree, was crap. Um, but that first half was absolutely brilliant. Um, I thought we sh- decided to go with a 3-5... F- uh, Three five two, three five one, three four two one. Uh we went three at the back anyway, and it was the it was the formation that Frank Lampard's Chelsea decided to put out there. Um and did so well with us, It was, did so well against Spurs with it, um, that I was really happy to see Potter. I thought, okay, if they can do it, we can do it. Let's do this. Let's see what we can get for our, uh, our sins here. Um, and, you know, just after Christmas Day, see what we can earn. Worth noting that Lewis Dunk was out. Uh, wonder if he had a bit of too much to drink the night before. I know that's harsh to say it, but I'm just saying that uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Spurs had won their last three top-flight home games against us, uh, keeping a clean sheet each time. So, of course, that came to an end. Um, their last time they were beaten was in October 1981. We know that didn't happen. Um, and, you know, we were looking at our first-ever league double over the Spurs, uh, and obviously that didn't happen either. Um, we've had a bit of a mare on Boxing Day, um, not, only, not only against... Premier League teams, but just in general. We haven't won uh, since 2005 against QPR. Um, Since then, we've drawn four, lost six. And our Premier League uh, games have been absolutely brutal. Um, I don't know why the Premier League are deciding we need to take a tour of all the top six teams in London. Um, But, you know, our first game in the Premier League, uh, I believe, was Chelsea away, uh, where we got beat. And then I believe last year... Maybe it was maybe it was the other way around, but we also went to Arsenal uh, in one of the last two boxing days. And then, of course, Tottenham today, or today, uh, back on Boxing Day. And, you know, this is a team that's a much different kettle of fish than the one that we just had. Um, you know, Pochettino had a lot of players rebelling against him. They didn't care. They didn't want to play for him. Um, and we were... We were able to, you know, pick them apart with the with the kind of clinical striking that we've lacked um, on a regular basis. Uh, But, you know, we we went there and we did our best. It was a much-changed lineup. Uh, Aaron Connolly started. Bernardo started his first game at left wing-back, which we've been wanting to see for a long time um, and actually had a very good game, in my opinion. Uh, We'll get to that shortly. Shalotto actually rolled out on the right wing-back side. Uh, I don't think he did too badly at all either. Uh, Alzate in the middle of the park. Gross got a start again. Uh, Aaron Moy started the game. um, And we were, you know, against an almost full-strength Tottenham side uh Vatongu, Ndavira, Harry Kane, Lucas Moura, alley Uh pretty much their entire main first team started uh on Boxing Day and they were they were there to try and win the game and it was I think it's a testament to the style that Potter chooses to play and the success he can have with it that we we only got beat 2-1 and really we we could have really won the whole thing uh, with Aaron Connolly missing that chance in the second half to put it to bed. Um, I think if he'd have scored that, I'm not sure there'd have been a way back for Tottenham. Um, likewise, uh, Jose Mourinho, unlike Albion, uh, has never lost in seven Premier League games on Boxing Day, One, five, drawn two. Uh, we really, the, the odds were stacked against us from the beginning. Um, he is the best serving Matt, the best performing manager um, on Boxing Day in the Premier League ever. Uh, So, you know, this was this was a game that always going to be incredibly tough for us. Uh, But we went out there and we did our very best. Um, You know, we went toe to toe for them in almost every manner of the the game. We had four. We had five shots to their four. Um, and it showed, you know, it was a, it was definitely a kind of middle-of-the-park attrition game. Uh, they had one shot on target to our three, and of course it just had to go in. Um, 54% possession they had to our 45.7. Uh, we had an 83% pass success rate to their 76. Um, this is all in the first half, sorry. Uh, this is just kind of displaying how good we were in that first half. Um, we had nine dribbles to their five. We won 12 aerial duels to their four. Um, we were, we were an absolute team on the, on the attack, uh, and we really should have finished the whole thing off as and when we got there. Um, unfortunately that's not how it ended. Um, we ended up with 11 shots to their 10, um, which was, you know, a huge change. They came out in the second half. They came out firing. Um, possession stayed pretty much exactly the same. 0.1% possession change. Uh, 80% pass success rate to their 79%. So they they got a bit more economical on the ball. Um, our 16 dribbles to their nine. Our 22 aerials one to their nine. Um, you know this was a team that really we we could have <laughs> could have beaten on another day. Perhaps should have beaten on another day. Um, but it didn't quite work out. We we changed into a four three two one once we made all the substitutes. Um, Alzate went out to right back. Byrne went out to left back. Um, and then of course we brought on Besuma, Trossard, and Morpay again. Um, no no complaints with Potter. He's trying to win the game. Um, he's trying to get back into it. He knew that we were in a bit of a poor situation. Uh, but I do think that he made the substitutions a little bit late. Um, I think we needed them on about ten minutes before they came on, and. I think if, you know, if I think if we'd have made those changes a little earlier, um, we maybe could have stopped that second goal from going in and ran away with a point. But it is what it is. Um, You know, I'm not going to complain too much because I thought we played incredibly well um, and we were so close to being able to get that that fixed up. And, you know, it's so frustrating because I think on another day we win it uh, and that's a big change, you know, three points away from home at Tottenham uh, after a disappointing game at Sheffield against Sheffield United. It, it changes the entire outlook at um, the Christmas period, but, you know, it wasn't meant to be, and we move on. Um, but the people that played, of course, we need to talk about them. Um, we need to take a deep look at who they are and how they played. Worth saying that uh, Ryan Sessegnon played. His first game for Tottenham, uh, I believe, under Mourinho. And I thought he was very poor, actually. I thought he really didn't get much chance to do anything. Um, I thought he was very slow. I thought he looked off the pace. I didn't think he looked match fit at all. Um, and he's not a player that... He was a player that two two years ago when we were talking on here, um, I really wanted us to sign Um, But he was bang average Um, and I'm under no illusion that, you know, he made the wrong decision doing what he did and moving over to Tottenham. Uh, I think he probably should have stayed at Fulham for one more year or moved to someone who was going to play him every week, say like like us or Burnley or, you know, one of those teams near the bottom or maybe even someone like Wolves um, that may have got some better performances out of him. But I thought Ryan Sesson was incredibly disappointing and I think you can just add him to the list of uh, young English talents that aren't going to make it because they've uh, took too big of a step up too fast. And uh, there is one more man out there that did that, Um, not English, of course, Wilfred Zaha, um, that went to United and he had all the same earmarkings, but he he was uh, humble enough to go back and start over. um, And look at him. Unfortunately, he's very good. So... I hope Sessegnon wakes up and gets to a club that will play him every week uh, and allow him to revisit his form, because right now he is he is incredibly disappointing. But moving on to the Albion team, because, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. Um, Adam Webster, the black and white man, the 50-50 yin-yang uh, performances that we had. Um, there is no grey area for Adam Webster uh, over Christmas. He either has a really great game uh, or a really bad game. Um, and this one was his good one. Uh, one shot, one shot on target, goal. Uh, won three aerial battles, uh, third most out of the entire team, only behind Bernardo and Dan Byrne. Um, 81 touches of the ball. You know, that's <laughs> significantly more than anybody else in the team. Uh, 68 for Dale Stevens next up, uh, and then the rest of them are kind of there or thereabouts in the 60s, you know. Um, defensively, he also put in a heck of a shift. Um, he was there. Everywhere. Five clearances, three interceptions, two tackles. Um, he was an absolute monster. I uh, thought he was incredibly good um, at doing pretty much everything. He drove forward a couple of times, caused some serious problems. Uh, I think he actually played more passes than everybody else by a significant amount. Yes, he did. Uh, 61 passes um, compared to anybody else in the team. Dale Stevens played the next amount of passes at 48 and a 93.4% pass accuracy rate. Uh, he even made a cross, and it was an accurate one. <laughs> he was on fire. Adam Webster was an absolute beast. And thought he played incredibly well. Uh, he, he won two fouls as well, so even attacking other than the goal, he, he did plenty. Uh, two successful dribbles, uh, won two, f- two fouls. Uh, something that Shalotto also managed to do, by the way. Uh, I thought he played pretty well. Uh, over that game, you know, Shalotto is someone that has been incredibly unlucky. I think in the in the entire team, he's struggled to get in, and when he does, he uh he's been given some pretty tough games. And likewise, he's he's been given one against Tottenham away from home. Um, but I thought he played pretty well. Forty nine touches of the ball, eighty eight percent pass accuracy. Uh, two aerials, one. Uh, Let me see here as well. One tackle, one interception, four clearances. Um, I thought he was all right. Came off about 82 minutes and he looked absolutely dead on his feet. Uh, Like I said, he probably could have come off about 10 minutes earlier. Um, Likewise for Bernardo. And unfortunately, I worry if that did cost us uh, a point, if not three. Um, Bernardo also needs to get a huge shout out from us here. Um, He was a man that has been incredibly unlucky because at only 24 years old... The performances he had put in as a left wing back or just a left back under Houghton, you know, he was someone I earmarked as being a clear standout for us this year. Um, Got injured early, hasn't really had a chance since because of his injury, Um, but I thought he played incredibly well. Uh, One shot, it was on target, one key pass, uh, 55 touches of the ball, which was, you know, there or thereabouts with everybody else. Um, He won defensively he was everywhere won six tackles that's more than anybody else uh made an interception made four clearances um you know that was joint second most behind webster and duffy um he didn't commit a single foul uh he was incredibly good on the ball uh he also made a successful dribble um you know he was he was just about everywhere you'd want him to be um he looked confident on the ball Uh, Made a couple of crosses, one accurate cross out of three. A couple of long balls, one of them was accurate as well. Actually, on who scored, he was considered the second best player on the pitch for the Albion. Um, And I'm not going to disagree with him because I thought he played incredibly well. Um, I hope he gets more chances going forward now he looks to be fully fit. Uh, I understand, obviously, he's not going to get a game against um, Bournemouth two days later because there were seven changes, and rightfully so. Um, And I think that Potter has used his depth at the team, you know, within the team incredibly well over Christmas. Uh, he made a big bunch of changes against Sheffield United, seven more, uh, a bunch more against Spurs, and then, you know, seven against Bournemouth. He's, he's been really good at keeping his team well uh, rotated and, you know... People complain about it and all these big clubs complain about it, but they have far more depth than us and we're just getting on with it. So it's a shame that they can't just crack on uh, and deal with it. And I believe that next year we get the winter break anyway, so they can probably, excuse me, goodness gracious, they can probably chill out. Uh, bed check lagged. Um, so... A couple of other players to talk about. Pascal Gross uh, gets on the gets on the assist sheet again with the goal for Adam Webster. Three key passes, three shots, two on target, seventy four percent pass accuracy, sixty two touches of the ball. Um he was incredibly good uh back at not back to his best, but back to doing pretty well. Uh, Shane Duffy, I thought, had an incredible game as well. Defensively, four tackles, two interceptions, five clearances. Uh, he was very good on the ball as well for once. Um, you know, he's someone that we know has struggled, uh, but 84% pass accuracy, rather 84.8%, so very close. Um, 11 long balls and eight of them were accurate. You know, this is a man that we pretty much un- unanimously decided was the the worst Um, of the passes Uh, and you know Potter agreed because Duffy was the one that lost his place to Webster Um, but he he played incredibly well and his kind of ability to play out from the middle you know was was apparent uh, over Boxing Day so I thought he did really well Um, I think we were just unlucky not to get anything from it Uh, I thought it was incredibly harsh really for us to walk away with nothing Um, again we uh, the goals that we conceded were pretty poor, um, goals that we could really avoid, especially the second one. Um, but, you know, if we move on. Uh, we probably didn't expect to win it anyway, right? But here we are, um, and we move on. So that's Tottenham wrapped up in a nutshell too. Uh, I know I'm crashing through them here, but we have three of them to go through. I'm jet-lagged as hell, um, and I'm tired, so... We'll just crack on as best we can. Uh, didn't get a lot of fan feedback uh, from you guys this week, but it is the Christmas period, so I'm not surprised. You know, you all had other stuff going on and everything, uh, everything to unwrap and eat and be drunk about. So moving on to the final one, uh, Bournemouth, 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 Bournemouth. How I hate Bournemouth. Um, and it's not really due to like any made-up rivalry that you know Sky Sports wanted to create or anything like that. Um, it's just that every time I watch us, we seem to lose against Portsmouth. Um, I absolutely hate uh, watching us play Eddie Howe because uh, he just seems to ha- he seem to have Chris Hughton's number constantly. Um, and indeed, we were we were winless. In our four Premier League matches with Bournemouth, drawn one, lost three. Um, you know, it wasn't too long. It doesn't feel that long ago that we got beat 5-0 by them last season towards the end there. Uh, horrific. Um, Bournemouth were actually beaten in their last five away games against us in all competitions, one, draw, one two, drawn three. Um, and they were a team that were coming in similarly to us in terrible form. <laughs> um, but... You know, we were, we were a team that aren't exactly Fortress Amex over the year of 2019. Um, we'd lost nine Premier League home games in 2019. That was more than any other side in the competition. What a far cry from the year before when we were one of the best teams in the division with a home record. And that was pretty much why we stayed up. Uh, but this year, not so much. Um, and we just can't seem to get anything uh, against Bournemouth ever. Uh, So coming into this, I was not very confident at all. It was the early kickoff again. Um, We have been given a bunch of early kickoffs over the course of Christmas and New Year, uh, because of course, Chelsea on New Year's Day is the same. Um, But we we went into there. uh, I was on a plane when we were playing. So I, I you know, it went totally off the grid um, and kept very, very quiet and didn't want to see the result at all. So once I got in, like, last night, I turned the game on uh, and kind of watched it and seen what transpired. And I'm glad I kept myself out of it uh, because I thought it was quite obviously and quite comfortably uh, the best performance of the three. Over the last Christmas period, um, we were... Absolutely on fire in that first 20 minutes, and I was worried that we were going to be made to pay for not scoring four or five. Um, We were everywhere at all times, um, and Bournemouth looked shell-shocked. We ended the game with 16 shots, six on target to their 10. Uh, Only two of theirs are on target, though, and a lot of their shots looked... Incredibly unthreatening. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree. We ended with 55% possession to their 44.9, uh, 83% pass success rate to their 77, uh, 11 successful dribbles to their 6. We won more aerial drills as well. Uh, so even on the, gr- in, on the ground, on the air, we had them 24 to 22. Uh, we made 23 successful tackles to their 18. Uh, nine corners to their two. Um, we dispossessed them 16 times to their 12. It, we we literally didn't lose a single statistical battle. Um, and it showed, right? Like we were all over them at all times. Um, I thought that we... You know, I thought it was brave looking at the lineup. The last thing I saw before my plane took off was the lineup, and we had Johan Baksh playing. Um, obviously, it's someone that is an incredibly not even a polarizing figure, right? I think we can all agree that he's been incredibly disappointing um, over the course of his time with us. Uh, and of course, the rumor is that he will be going out uh, on loan in January. And after this performance, I'm not entirely sure if that will happen um, because he certainly stamped his um, his place. Uh, within that side on that right-hand side you know he's he's put himself forward as a player that can do the business um so we'll see uh we also you know 15 interceptions to their 13 as well um we were we were all over them um but the main talking point i want to talk about because there was a couple of moments in the game um the goal of course uh mopai um somebody who i think we all thought may well be like the leading line striker um facing goal Always on the run, I always thought he would probably be more like the, Aaron, the way Aaron Connolly is, um, but he is actually doing the job of Glenn Murray much better than I thought he ever would. Uh, his ability to hold at the ball is incredible um, for the size of him. He is a small guy, but he is tenacious. Um, the way he holds up the ball, the way he feeds off passes, the way he drops a little deep onto the edge of the box um, and the way he shoots on sight is just he's a player that's going to continue to score plenty of goals for us this year. Um, and I think he's that perfect Glenn Murray replacement and his assist for the goal uh, was just picture perfect. He got the ball. He knew he wasn't going to be able to go forward. He laid that ball off to uh AJ just beautifully, and Ali Reza absolutely hammered it into the bottom corner. Uh, that was our fastest Premier League goal, um, two and a half minutes. That was the fastest one-on record for us in the Premier League. Uh, so, you know, good way to start our last game of the decade. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it really just carried on from there. We, we didn't really slow down for the entire game. Um, but one of the main things I think we should talk about was the usage of VAR. So, here we are again, right? Blah, 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 blah. But a lot of people aren't talking about it um, outside of the Albion hemisphere, stratosphere, whatever, because their argument is that it didn't affect the result. So, who cares? Um, I heard that on a couple of different places. You know, it didn't affect the result. We won't focus on it. Um, But we should focus on it, because it was an absolute disaster of a decision. Um, The commentators on NBC said it was the closest VAR decision they'd ever seen, um, and that they could not, in good conscience... Say that that was actually offside um, because the lines were too close, um, and every other frame looked like it was like overlapping. Um, VAR had no problem ruling it out because they're absolute idiots, of course. Um, I just find it baffling. I still find it absolutely insane how this stuff can be can be considered accurate at that level of minuscule, you know, millimeters. When you're when you're on a team when you're on a screen that. You know, it's been on all the papers. It's been reported a bunch of times. We're talking about like less than thirty frames per second um, being adjudged, and that ball could have come off that man's foot far earlier than is. You know, he could have been three inches onside when the ball was actually left his foot. So, I think it was incredibly disappointing. Uh, this is the second time now that Dan Byrne has been ripped off um he got done in early on in the season to take away trossard's opening goal um and now he's been done in to stop his own goal coming in um which was incredibly well taken by the way he brought that down he you know his long legs (laughs) the touch he has for such a big lad will just never get old for me um but he was he was just ripped off wasn't he it was a joke um i thought it was incredibly poor uh to just i just i'm just so done with it And I think that it's just, you know, I couldn't hear exactly what the chant was yesterday about VAR, um, but it was incredibly loud. um, And, you know, you could make out the VAR. And if everybody in the ground is unhappy with it, you know, what's the point? We're getting it wrong. The commentators are all on there saying that they need to change it. Um, So why are we persisting with it? It's now almost halfway. It's now over halfway through the season. um, And we're continuing with, you know, a broken... A broken system that isn't absolutely clear and obvious that isn't perfect um and there are defenders out there and i understand it people believe that you know they're not interested in reading about the frames per second they're not interested in reading about the techie stuff um but the fact is that they think that a line means something in in reality that it doesn't yet because it's just not accurate enough so it's disappointing um but thank God we didn't get punished for it because I thought it was going to be uh, gonna be the undoing of us. A um, couple of people to talk about, right? Let's talk about Ali Reza first. Came on, started his first game of the Albion uh, under Potter in the Premier League, I believe, ever. Um, all the pressure on, as you would expect. Four shots, one on target, 69% pass accuracy, 59 touches of the ball. Very, very involved. And, of course, got the goal. Uh, really great moment for him. Three successful foul, uh, dribbles, fouled twice. Um, he was a player that blew hot and cold uh, as the game went on, but started his game, started the game the first thirty second, thirty minutes just on fire. Uh, defensively, did very well as well. I think uh, two two successful interceptions, two total tackles, um, and chased back on that right hand side incredibly well. Uh, he put in a hell of a shift, um, and you know it's a player that. Not only did he like to attack, uh, he made eight crosses as well. You know, he wasn't shy about getting that ball in the box. Um, And a couple of them were very dangerous uh, that were cut out for corners and all sorts. So I thought Ali Reza played incredibly well. And if he does go on loan, um, I hope he kind of refines his form, comes back at the summer um, and carries on under Potter because he clearly wants to play under Graham Potter. He clearly wants to make himself a success at Brighton. He's still only 26 um, and he's got a lot to prove. And, He's just made his first first baby step towards showing that he might might be worth the amount of money we paid for him. So we shall see um, going forward. But I thought he was I thought he was pretty good. Um, and you know what more can you ask for? Scoring the Premier League fastest goal for the Albion uh, just as the decade comes to an end. So well done, Alireza. Uh, very happy for him. Another man I want to talk about today is Neil Mopai. I thought he played very well indeed. Uh, like I said, I thought he's. Uh, I think he's taking the Glenn Murray mold um, and making it his own. Um, I think he's incredible at it. I think it's outrageous how good he is, actually, um, at holding up that ball. Uh, he also loved a shot today, yesterday rather, and so he should. Five shots, two on target, one key pass, 85% pass accuracy, even won an aerial battle, uh, 43, 43 touches of the ball. Which was quite a lot, uh, you know, for a striker to have. Uh, made him got they got the assist, of course. Um, I thought he was incredibly lively all the way through the game, um, and wasn't shy about doing his defensive job either. Uh, two tackles, one interception. Um, the man was uh, everywhere up front, and he always popped up near the back as well to do something useful. Twenty-three years old, man, like he is. He is a good player. <laughs> and I know I'm saying such an obvious thing, but, you know, he's 16 appearances, 16 starts, seven goals, one assist. Uh, he's only been booked once all season. Um, it's a player that just knows how to do his thing, man. Like holding on to the ball, finishing. He's got it. Um, obviously, he's not so great in the air, but he uh, he is an incredibly talented striker. Um, and I'm really happy we went out and spent the money we did for him. Uh, I think he's proven his worth every week. Uh, another man that I thought played incredibly well was Bissouma, actually. Um, Bissouma started, of course, with Lille, I believe it was, as more of a defensive midfielder. And I think we talked about that just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and this week he was asked to do that job, actually. Uh, he ended up with one shot, one shot on target, one key pass, two dribbles um but defensively is really where he made his mark um and was probably one of the best players on the pitch defensively uh five tackles two interceptions three clearances and a block shot and the block shot was just heroic um he did his job as a defensive midfielder um, alongside Davey proper incredibly well um and I'm not trying to I'm not gonna write off Dale Stevens anytime soon because uh, I think he's played incredibly well uh, for the most part this season. Uh, but that may well be our new midfield pairing in the future, um, sooner than later. Uh, Bissuma is only 23, proper of course 28. Um, they both were so good on the ball um, and so so powerful at the back. I thought it was I thought it was a great duo, and they seemed to get on really well, uh, sitting behind you know that that front group um, of Trossard of Mopai of Moy, Yahan Baksh, Um and moving on to the main man, uh, the man of the match, uh, Aaron Moy. My goodness. Um, defensively, he was actually pretty quiet. One tackle, and one block shot. Offensively he was not. Um, he had four shots on goal. Uh, only Neil Mopai had more. One shot on target, of course. Great stuff. Um, and when a man like Pascal Gross doesn't play, you need people to step up in key passes. Uh, Leandro Trossard did that. Four key passes yesterday. Uh, and, of course, an assist. To the goal scorer Aaron Moy. um, Who made five key passes. uh, Three successful dribbles. Um, He was just on fire wasn't he? Uh, Made 11 crosses. Two of them accurate. One long ball. One accurate. A couple of through balls that looked incredibly dangerous. Um, I thought he was just unbelievable. Uh, 81.3% pass accuracy. Uh, And honestly could have scored more than once. Um, I thought Moy was... The absolute man of the match, uh, deservedly picked by just about everybody uh, at the Amex and outside of it, really. Um, And I think he's really coming forward as one of our players of the season this year, isn't he? Um, I think he's done an incredible job whenever he started, uh, for the most part. I think, really, the only time he let himself down was against Villa. Um, But 12 starts for us so far, a goal assist, um, roughly 1.1 uh, shots per game. Um, so far Uh, but the guy's on fire Um, 1.3 key passes on average per game Um, average of 80.2 percent pass accuracy per game Um, he is just doing an incredible job for us Um, and I think he is someone that we need to sign in January Uh, January is something we will be the January transfer window is something we will be speaking about uh, next weekend um, you know, on the weekend of the 4th and 5th because the transfer window just opened um, and we will do our kind of shopping list uh, of what we would like us to sign. So I would love you to get in touch uh, and let me know what you would like to see Albion bring in uh, over the January transfer window. I think it's going to be one of our busiest transfer windows ever under Tony Bloom. There's my bold prediction that probably isn't that bold because we know that we need a lot of work. Um, and I think Ara Moy should be top of that list. Unfortunately, with the way Moy has been playing, uh, his price tag just keeps going up. So we may end up, maybe we won't end up buying him. Um, You know, he's 29 years old. uh, He's getting on a bit. Is it going to be, are we going to want to spend 20, 25 million on him um, if we don't think he's worth that kind of money at his age? It will be a decision that Bloom and Potter will have to make, uh, and I'm sure they will. Um, But that's about it for now for me. Um, We've nailed over Christmas. Uh, We've actually blitzed through it um, because I was honestly expecting a bit more from you guys uh, in emails and voice clips and stuff, but it didn't happen. Um, So I'm glad that you had a great Christmas. I'm glad that you had a good everything else. Um, And we will see you all next week to cover Chelsea. Uh, over the middle of the week which we will see what happens there Um, and then we have FA Cup action the following weekend Uh, you know, lots to do uh, with the massive Sheffield Wednesday visiting us Um, so we will of course cover both games um, and we will see how it goes and maybe we'll be in the fourth round of the FA Cup by the time we talk uh, on Sunday the 5th uh, airing Monday the 6th have a happy new year be safe I'm glad you have a good Christmas period Um, and I will speak to you all next week in 2020, uh, be safe.